0: Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast and I'm here with our special former guest of the show, you can go back, now welcoming our new co host, Sam Sherrick. How you doing, Sam?
1: Yo, what's up? I'm good. I, I just got back from the beach and uh, I ate some ice cream, so you know, I, I don't got too much to complain about right now.
0: That sounds uncomfortable that sounds like my worst case scenario to record a podcast to be honest with you because i would need to go to sleep after that that like going to the beach or eating ice cream separately re- 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 this requires a nap at this point in my life so uh, salute to the younger generation man uh, shout- yeah i mean I,
1: I i'm not gonna have time for a nap for a little bit because i got blame god practice uh right after this so uh I also haven't showered in three
0: days, so, you know, it's
1: certain <laughs> sacrifices you have to make to maintain this kind of
0: lifestyle. All right, all right, all right. Name dropping and st- and stank flexing right off the top rope, yeah. as you always <laughs> do. Um, Sam, you're into a lot of things. You're in like three or four bands with me. I forget, Um, or just, or just watch out. They'll, they'll all come out, and then there's like a bunch of bands that I'm not even around in. You wrestle, you do a little of this, a little of that. We're going to get into uh, uh, all that, but how was your weekend, man? My weekend was
1: good. I actually, I was at a show every single day of the weekend, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, uh, I would say very different uh,
2: genres.
0: Yeah, well, I, well, full disclosure, Friday night was at Exsanguinated. Shout out to Hank Steamer. Shout out to everyone who was there. Exsanguinated was there. Ratravore was there. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on the show. Um, what was Saturday.
1: Saturday was Eternal Champion and Immortal War
0: at TBI wow. in Brooklyn. Those two band names—they really—they when they when they're on a flyer together, they, they it, it's nice, it's, It works, good. Yeah, editing.
1: I I brought my battle axe with me
0: because <laughs> I I felt
1: like I needed it just for self defense.
0: Yeah, yeah. How did it go down? What was that all about? Uh,
1: well, I mean, it, it was a good show. I got there kind of late i think there might have been two bands that played before i got there so i caught immortal war who's from uh, massachusetts and it's uh that uh, that's my homie jake playing in the band he's in uh final gasp and wound man chaos cross wow and uh a bunch of other uh like massachusetts based uh you know metal and hardcore bands and then eternal champion who i you know i feel like they're pretty well known at this point uh I, i've been a fan of theirs for a while but it, it was actually my first time getting to catch them so uh yeah I, I've, I've been a fan of theirs for a while and their uh you know adjacent projects like iron age war hungry power trip uh graven Rite stuff like that but uh yeah it they were sick and uh yeah i i, I think anyone that can appreciate heavy metal at its core should uh, listen to Eternal Champion.
0: Wow, man. I I got to get a little bit more into that side of things. I'm of like, you know, this is that's another thing where we as uh, as gentlemen kind of kind of digress. Like I don't follow as much modern pro wrestling. I'm very nostalgic about it. Same way with that kind of traditional heavy metal. I know it's there. I know there's younger generations keeping it going and I just, you know, I got to. I got to spend more time in in the now. I guess it's. Uh, um, uh, it, it's 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 there. They they are the champs. Now pro wrestling is another. I want I want to get a little pro wrestling update from you later on too. Um, for the people who heard your your episode where we had you as a guest before we, we brought you into the fold here, uh, know about that. But what about Sunday? Before we get too far ahead of ourselves.
1: Uh, Sunday, I got to catch Corn and Evanescence at uh, <laughs> No.
0: You did Jones Beach Amphitheater. <laughs> Were you one of those people that goes out on a boat and catches it for free or something?
1: Uh, I wish. Uh, apparently, they don't let you do that anymore.
0: Uh, oh, the, I, I know
1: that that used to be a thing. That <laughs> there were no boats in uh, Zach's Bay over there, but behind the amphitheater, uh, they I guess they're cracking down on that. They want everyone to buy a ticket. I am uh, allegedly a former employee of uh, what is now known as the Northwell Health Jones Beach Amphitheater uh it was called something else when I worked there but uh even I bought a ticket I, I you know I I got to see my fair share of shows for free when I worked there I got to see Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden I got to watch uh Eric Andre Hannibal Burris, Louis CK that's like, pretty cool yeah uh but yeah I I am I, I was demoted to civilian at at my uh former place of employment
0: Wow, I, I used to work in a movie theater, same same situation. Um, let's get to the bottom of it, though. Was Fieldy performing that night? Was he there?
1: No, they had a lookalike. They had a lookalike, kn- <laughs> no, look-alike for no, Fieldy. No, no. So you, you were the one, you of all people, were the one that broke the news to me that Fieldy wasn't no. touring with them. And then, so the, for their first two songs, they had some kind of LED wall, like, in front of them, which I found to be kind of a weird... Uh, creative choice but uh two two songs and they lifted it and uh i was was happy they did because i was like if this is how the whole show is going to be this is kind of not it this isn't the vibe
0: you could go see pink uh, Pink floyd at the vanderbilt planetarium if you want that vibe
1: that was the the first thought to come to mind i was like this is the corn light show (laughs) not not corn but uh yeah they, they, they eventually lifted the led wall and uh Yeah. So at first I was like, oh, maybe they do have fieldy because, you know, it was like a shorter, you know, meatball built uh, guy with like a backwards flat brim hat. And uh, but then, you know, you know, they they have like the the high def cameras on on the band and, you know, they'll have the close ups on the the side projection screens. And then I got a good look and I was like, yeah, that's not fieldy. But uh, I, I, I think this guy got his job based on his resemblance to fieldy. Like I, 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 it's almost like it's the kind of thing where we're not supposed to notice whether it is or isn't him, and just not think about it.
0: Well, I'm looking this up because Tom's not. Big shout out to Tom and Justin, by the way. Tom's not here. He's usually like my producer guy um, on the news, on the fact check, check tip. I, it says here, Corn's monkey was not at the was not at the show, and it's like almost a given at this point that Fieldy is not with the band.
2: This
1: is yeah, weird. yeah. The, the the monkey thing was a day of uh, occurrence. I think. I think he might have gotten sick, and I think uh, the the statement said he went home and he's getting back with the band in like North Carolina or Georgia on uh, the thirtieth. I think.
0: He, was he the Christian guy?
1: No, that's head, and he was actually playing with the band. He okay. he was the only other original member besides uh, JD. Okay,
0: thank thank God. Um, yeah. Weird developments, uh, and I tell you what—we're going to keep the listeners in suspense. I want to ask you about eva- uh, Evan. Evan, <laughs> I better not interview that chick. Uh, Evanescence. Um, uh, after tonight's interview, man, because uh, you talked about Jones Beach, we're going to be diving deep into the uh, uh, murky waters uh, when we interview Warflerch tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, because it's Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than multi-instrumentalist Mike Colby of the projects, Plasmodulated, Warf lurch, Hot Cross, and many others we're going to get to the bottom of. How you doing, Mike? I'm
2: doing good, man. How you
0: doing? I'm feeling all right, man. The listeners don't know that behind the scenes, I had one of my most classic name and and, uh, uh, intro fuck-ups, so we're we're (laughs) we're good to go now, man. We're greased up. Um, (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for your time, man.
2: Yo, I appreciate you having
0: me, man. I'm really, really happy to be here. Uh, of of course, man. We we finally did. I've been meaning to get you on for a while now. Um, people might be familiar, of course, with uh, uh, Warf lurch's trajectory lately in the death metal community, as well as your other bands. But before we get into all that, typical Heavy Hole Podcast question, are you from a particularly musical family, musicians in your background, or anyone that steered you to get into hard rock and heavy metal? Uh,
2: Well, you know, yeah, my dad definitely... My dad plays guitar. He uh he builds guitars. He's, you know, a very musically oriented dude in general. So, yeah, he definitely got me into it because this record collection was pretty fucking sick. I got to admit, dude. Like, like, he was not about no bullshit. Like, he didn't have no Beatles records. You know what I'm saying? He had, like, <laughs> Zeppelin records. He had all the, the like, first three uh black sabbath records he had a shit ton of cream records and the who but he didn't have none of like the no rolling stones you know what i mean no beatles he was like very adamant about that
0: shit okay wow so dad all right dad didn't play Dad Um, wasn't
2: fucking around bro
0: damn what well what what did was he a musician himself
2: yeah yeah he plays
0: guitar man plays he builds guitars he's he's
2: like He's super into, uh, like, guitar in general, you know?
0: Okay, all right. I got it now. So, so right off the bat, you are for definitely, absolutely from a musical family. Um, how, sure. What What sort of music was that into while you were growing up in terms of performing? Like, what was he playing a lot? Well, he gave up playing,
2: like, uh, when I was kind of like a baby and shit, because he just uh, had to work a regular job and shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he couldn't be out there, like, you know mixing it up drinking and fucking around and and you know all that bullshit so basically he stopped playing when i was like maybe one one and a half something like that but he was playing you know regular rock shit but also you know he was telling me they would play like cool in the gang songs and stuff like that too so i was like damn that's tight
0: (laughs) so is it kind of like um uh you just inherit a guitar at some point when you're Mm -hmm. old enough to play
2: Honestly with him it was like he never really uh he never really pushed me to play one day I dragged the guitar out from underneath the bed and there was like a Mel Bay chord book in that bitch so I just started learning chords and then when I was learning chords I noticed if you played them in a certain order it sounded like this song and if you played it in a different order it sounded like that song and it just like you know I just rolled with that from from that basically
0: Okay, so what – now, let's slow down for a minute. You're from Florida originally, are you not? Yeah, boss. Okay, what part of Florida are we talking?
2: We're talking South Florida. I'm from Fort Pierce. So it's like the Treasure Coast, as they call it. Hmm. It's where they found a lot of treasure, like from
0: old school bullshit. (laughs) Okay, interesting. So now, I I know – a little bit of touring experience getting out there, you know, in the last se- several years, but I don't know. Was it easy for you to see touring bands uh, growing up? Because I know sometimes bands don't always hit South Florida. They go through North Florida, and that's it because it's a I big. Mean,
2: when I was growing up, honestly, I didn't give a fuck about, like, some touring bands that much. Hmm. Occasionally we'd hmm. see a touring band, you know? Like, like when I was like, okay, let's say um, – when I was like 16, right? I was in like a ska punk band and a couple other bands and we were playing at a lot of these venues, right? But we were 16 years old. But like these guys, they knew us from playing shows. So if we went to these other shows where you had to be older, they would actually let us in because they knew we weren't, we weren't fucking around. We weren't going to cause them any problems or whatever. So I, got, I ended up getting to see a lot of really cool bands when I was like 16 years old in that whole area because I was already playing shows and shit. So I got to see way cooler bands than the ones I was playing with. I got to see like <laughs> malevolent creation. Uh I got to see death one time. I got to see uh obituary a few times, you know, all that kind of shit, you know?
0: Okay, man. And just for the listeners and even for me, you know, I'm, I'm up here in New York. I've been to Florida a few times, but like, people um, might hear the show and hear me and think, oh, this guy knows Mortician and Suffocation and all these bands that are a different generation from me um, and more idols of mine than, than friends of mine, really, just because of of, of the, the region or whatever. Like, people might hear you talk about Florida and they automatically, you know, what comes to their mind is what you just said, death, obituary, um, malevolent creation. Where does your local scene where you grew up kind of fit into this are you a little bit younger than those guys is it a different region than what people might be thinking
2: i mean where i'm from like i graduated high school in like 1995 boss Mm -hmm. so like you know where i'm from all that shit was popping off you know like metal bands were playing ska bands were playing there was all kinds of shows there was like rave shit happening there was all kinds of shit popping off in South Florida, so.
0: Wow. Okay. So ninety class of ninety five. You you really did see like the heyday of Florida death metal as a youngster then, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, see, like when I was, I feel like I grew up with that shit a little bit because, you know, when I was a kid, it was like everybody was talking about speed metal and all this kind of stuff being like the next like jump up or whatever. But then all of a sudden that was, like, not cool. And then there was thrash metal. And then, you know, of course, death metal happened. It was just, like, I, it was just all this stuff, like, went past me faster than I could buy the tapes. You know what I mean?
0: How, how did you get into more extreme music? Because that, I assume, you, I mean, obviously your dad's pretty hip. He's got the records. He's playing guitar. I assume you're exposed to other musicians that way. But where where did things kind of go underground for you? And, like, take us through your, your like, metal kind of genealogy, like, figuring out for yourself, metal, hardcore punk, whatever it was.
2: Okay. Sure, yeah. Um, well, for me, okay, so it started really with, uh, I guess, you know, I was listening to Black Sabbath because my dad had Black Sabbath records. I really got into um, thrash metal because that's the stuff I had access to buying the tapes. So, I was buying all that shit like Testament, Exodus, the Metallica albums, Megadeth, all that kind of stuff. But like, but then I started finding like weirder, hmm. weirder thrash bands, right? Like sadus or, um, mm. like Indestructible Noise Command or like some weirdo bands like that. Yeah. And, uh, and even like Overkill, I loved Overkill. I thought they were great. You know, like, And then there was like the sillier bands, too, that were like uh, Wrath Child America and fucking uh, Scatterbrain and like just dumb shit like that that was coming out. I ended up buying like all of that shit. You know what I mean?
0: All right. And what about now you talked about playing in ska bands, which I you know in the (laughs) 90s, that was a big deal. Um, and it wasn't necessarily as commercialized uh, then as it as it became, like, in the late 90s, Mighty Mighty tones and all that. I, 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 I've I been meaning to have some friends of mine on who actually are a lot more involved in, like, the ska and oi music scenes. Is, is that the type of scene that you were involved in, in terms of ska music? Or, like, what was well, it like?
2: So, in terms of ska music, like, what we were doing down there, it's like, we kind of were, like... You know how you know the band Operation
0: Ivy? Yes, yeah. So you know how they were
2: kind of like pop punk and ska mixed together?
0: Yes, definitely.
2: So so we kind of did the same thing, but we mixed like a different kind of pop punk with it. So we did kind of more like a Dag Nasty style, but still like did like a like a ska thing too. I don't I don't know how to explain it other than that. What was well, we were the- trying to put our own stank on it? You know what I'm saying, dog? Like it was,
0: <laughs> was <laughs> we it- trying to flip. Was it anything we could look up? Did you guys record anything and put it out or
2: hell yeah, dog. You can look it up. The band, <laughs> the band is called Government Cheese. And uh it's spelled like, you know, G-O-V apostrophe T cheese. And uh somebody just uploaded our first demo to youtube like a year and a half ago or something like that and i was astounded honestly
0: i was like how the hell do you have this it all comes up bro it all comes yeah. out it all comes out in the woodwork nowadays man, you, ass, no, man. none of us are going to be able to run for president man it's all all of the gore grind demos are out there <laughs> Thank um, gosh! <laughs> I got well. No, you know, because like, look, the word ska gets a, a bad rap, especially in the metal scene. I, I, um, I enjoy a little Operation Ivy still. I found my cassette when I was cleaning up a few years ago. We recently had uh, my friend Mike Bruno, who's in a band called Iron Chic from up here. That's a lot more in that kind of raw pop punk direction. And what's funny enough, tomorrow I'm interviewing a friend of mine who's um kind of like from this he's a little bit more from the straight edge hardcore uh community but he also does like like punk that's probably more comparable to that that scene uh than what we typically cover here on heavy hole so it is part of it especially for those who grew up in a certain era in the 90s um before things got so commercialized i think you know i I think trust me like
2: so really what the the thing about it was in uh south florida though it's like you could be in a band like that but like there might not be too many other bands like that where you could just throw a show where it's all like ska bands or some shit. Right. So we actually ended up playing with a lot of like hardcore bands and shit like that. It was pretty ridiculous. How'd that go? (laughs) I mean, you know, honestly, the way we wrote our music was based towards like having dance parts. Like this is a circle pit part. This is kind of like a skank part. This is a breakdown part. Like it had, Kind of like a dance-oriented setup to it, so yeah. I don't know. It went over pretty well. Those guys all had fun. So I, you but- <laughs>
0: know, I mean, some of my first shows were kind of like DIY shows at in like church basements and the, at the YMCA here in Huntington on Long Island where oh, you would have, you would literally have this, the, the Skaflaws was a big local Ska band here. And Yo,
2: I played a show with the Skaflaws.
0: Th- they would play with underground hardcore bands here on Long Island yeah. at DIY spaces. Uh, yeah, definitely, man. So they came down to Florida, huh?
2: Yeah, at one point, I think uh, they did a little ragtag little tour. We played with so many bands back then, though. It was like we played with the Toasters a lot. We play with yo, we play with Murphy's Law and the Toasters when they were on this tour called Ska Punks No Losers trying to make fun of Lollapalooza. Okay. Or whatever.
0: I see see that that's the thing though. I could see that being a big bill back in the day. You know, that's just that's definitely a certain Right. Audience. And like
2: 93, yeah, that shit was fucking popping, son.
0: Wow. Okay, man. So you so you guys definitely got it. that's interesting. Like man. there was like
2: five hundred people easily at that show.
0: Yeah, yeah, at, man. like this little-ass venue.
2: <laughs> it was crazy.
0: Because that's the thing. Ska was equally kind of from an underground D.I. People need to look look that up. It's not just whatever, like, MTV. Motherfuckers and-
2: did not care. Like, this is all pre-basketball, all pre-real big fish, all pre like <laughs> yeah. you know, all these things happening. People were out there just having a good time at the show, honestly. They didn't really give a fuck. They didn't have any idea about it, like, you know. Like, like I actually really like Jamaican music. So Jamaican ska from, like, the old days and all that shit, I really like to listen to that, like... And I have mad records like that and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit. You know, I DJ that kind of shit, too. But, like, you know, the kind of ska, the Operation Ivy, the post-Operation Ivy era, let's call it, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is this, see, this is great because I... It's like I said, I have a few friends... Um, who are a little bit more into the the skinhead subculture? Um, I've, you know, obviously, oh, yeah, right. and, and you know, I was I I was gonna have one of them, and obviously, we you know, the part of that was gonna be explaining the difference between nazi skinheads and this and the uh, the rest of the skinhead subculture which is a whole thing people can look up if they need to but we well, i was but he you know this i go i know a guy who could really go deep on that whole history of ska and the um you know english ska and how it all dates back to jamaican music and that sort of thing i've been wanting to get someone on to talk about that so that's funny that you should bring it all up
2: yeah i mean for real the only reason that uh you know, the ska shit made it through England like that is because of the colonialism of England and having all that shit to do with Jamaica. And there was a lot of Jamaican people being brought over to England, especially out of Bristol and all these type of poor places like that. And like the music spread pretty, uh, pretty quickly because, you know, those people were there. They're just going to do it. And of course, the white people caught on. And next thing you know, we got the specials and we got madness. and we got all this other shit. You know what I mean?
0: gave it the Elvis treatment. Um, a little bit.
2: <laughs> they did, they did good with it though. At least they came out with a song called Racist Friend. You know that song? No, nah,
0: yeah, that was that no, that was not fair of me to say man because I I know what you're talking about a lot of that first wave kind of uh uh english scott from back in the late 70s early i mean those
2: people were dead ass serious about doing their music man you know it was very cool even the clash bro
0: i I feel like when the mighty mighty boston's busted open in the late 90s that was kind of like like when it really got kind of overflowed and it was a little too commercial and that's why people have this stereotype (laughs) of it you know
2: yo my g we we opened up for the mighty mighty boston's in orlando that shit was wild wow they that must have gone nuts (laughs) right that shit was crazy, bro. That, I that mean, motherfucker, Dicky, got up in the goddamn rafters. Be like up in the goddamn. <laughs> like I was, I was dead ass scared for his fucking life, and I don't know, bro that dude's crazy
0: i do regret i never got to see them live um you know i'm not disrespecting them man but when when that you know we all know what that i'm not we don't have to refrain the song we all know what song it was but when that song busted wide open in the 90s man it was kind of like people people looking back don't realize the history of sky all the time when they talk about it you know
2: bro like the thing is though i was already a fan of them before that shit they were on tang records you know that
0: yeah oh they they go back i mean i don't know the whole history with i don't know do you know records. what tang records is no i don't
2: tang records is like out of boston they had like um like the original like first two Lemonheads records they had uh it's <laughs> crazy like the hard-ons they had ssd the whole ssd compilation of all the ssd shit was on tang records
0: you and know who SSD is? SSD. Yeah. That's is that the Boston Straight Edge band? Yeah. And they had, so they had their, their, their second album. Was, what was it? How we roll or how we rock? What was that album? I don't know. They, they had. I what, can't remember because I only had the,
2: the 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 discography. Like it was like a compilation.
0: Yeah. That that's, that, that's that good Tang shit.
2: Records had did. Yeah, it was okay. called
0: Tang with two
2: A's. T A A N G Records <laughs> with an ex- exclamation point.
0: All right, man. See. And, I, I see. See, I it was like I, I, some shit out of Boston, I guess. I lose C points by admitting I don't know shit just for the listeners, man. You know?
2: No, it's cool because I shouldn't even know this. This is real dumb, dog. <laughs> but like they had they had a lot of different cool, like goofy bands and shit. And then they ended up signing the Boston's before they got their major label due.
0: That's cool. I, I'm gonna look this up too, man. That's interesting. Um SSD too. Wow. Okay, so Yeah, dude. I still got that tape somewhere. I could produce it right now. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a vinyl I bought online somewhere because it was cheap and, and it was really good, man. Everybody kind of like, maybe like the Crumb Suckers or, or the Chrome Chromag old, old Crumb Suckers. Maybe a little Crumb Suckers is cool, yeah. Little metal crossover thing going on, man. Cool shit. Um, wow. All right. We went all the way out there uh, on a tangent, man. We went down the Sky Wormhole. I didn't think we were going to go there. But let, I didn't either,
2: dude, not yeah, at all.
0: That's awesome dude. All right, so at the <laughs> end at the end remind me um I'm going when we do the recommendations we'll throw some ska in there. But for now um let me get back man because I do want to promote your your uh, current bands and um any in your non-ska related music too uh, yeah. eventually. So yeah. so we we were talking about your old bands. You were obviously heavy in the ska scene. Back in the day, opening up for if the listeners don't realize this, because the the, the average heavy hole listener might, you know, is obviously steeped in a different genre. But um, the toasters, the ska flaws, the boss tones, these were all like cult uh, ska bands that you wanted to be into in the 90s if you were in the know in the underground ska scene. So, that's I mean, just the toasters,
2: the toasters toured a lot, dude. Those guys were working their asses off
0: yeah those were all the big names uh, back in the day i mean i I know this. I used to see them around you know, in the record stores and reading Zines and shit. So you kind of learn yeah, a yeah. lot about underground shows and the way the underground scene works. <laughs> a lot of that translates to death metal and to hardcore in terms of just booking and promoting and all that and DIy ethics and you know and all that's across the board, really regardless of genre, right? I'm sure you learned a lot that carries over.
2: Well, I mean, during that time, like, I may have been, like, in a ska band, but I was still buying, like, Morbid Angel albums and shit like that, so I wasn't really, I wasn't really delving deeply into the shit, like, literally, I took a cue from a couple things, like, like, and then, you know, just went my own way with it, but I was still already listening to, like, other music.
0: Okay, so... Then I, you know, I know, I, like obviously, we, we, you know, shout to metal archives. I, you know, I, I did your metal archives. Like everyone knows, it's no secret. Um, sure. We sure. have we have the cult of Aruburos. Is that like your first venture into a metal project, or no? I mean,
2: I had I had metal bands when I was like in like middle school and stuff like that, like thrash bands. You know what I mean? And then like. Uh, but we just didn't really have a way to record except for boombox so there's really no i don't really have any like i mean i do have proof of it it's just you know it's a boombox rehearsal recording which sounds sick but you know whatever but like really um i abandoned metal for a while because you know it just mostly the whole scene in, in south florida was a hardcore scene and i didn't really <laughs> like that shit like Like, I I like metal. I didn't really like hardcore. I thought hardcore was kind of stupid. I still do.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, I like
2: negative approach and shit like that, but, like, I don't like, 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 Judge and all that kind of shit like everybody liked in the 90s, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I have my hardcore bands I like, but in the 90s it was a different thing, too. There was a a heavy metal versus hardcore mentality up here like if you were metal you know you couldn't be into hardcore and vice versa and like
2: i didn't even get that shit like to me i was like i was just like oh yeah hardcore is just like metal but it's like the guys they don't play guitar as good so whatever you know what i mean like who cares like i was just like it's heavy shit it's all just heavy shit but i just didn't like the tough guy attitude part
0: yeah yeah, yeah, the crew thing, man. Um, yeah, I don't
2: like any of that dumb shit.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was like, all these
2: people want to do this together? All right, I'm out.
0: You know, listeners of the show who are a little bit more steeped in what bands you've been in, um, you know, might know about Hot Cross. Uh, Hot Graves. Oh, fuck. We're going <laughs> to edit that out, so I'm sorry, dude. No, it's fine. It's I'm okay. A, I'm a little
2: toasty. Hot Graves, yeah, man. You know what's funny? Oh, shit. Here we go. Let's get deep, bro.
0: We'll definitely edit that. So, yeah. Fuck.
2: so Hot Graves is one of my longer-standing bands, but, and we're about to come out with a new album like very soon. But the latest incarnation of the band was actually solidified at uh, one of your shows. Because... Uh, John Mammo and I, who are both in Warflurch and Hot Graves. Yes. We went we went down to the Dimilich Tour where Blood Incantation and Artificial Brain were opening.
0: Yes. Okay. The, uh- and then uh
2: we we met up with our longtime friend Jamie, who is the singer of the Absence. And uh between him and the guy who was doing merch for uh he was doing merch for Divilege fucking <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Garrity. He was goading us on. We were talking about reforming Hot Graves, but I was like telling him like, "But you have to be the singer. I'm not singing no more. It's going to be a different whole thing." Uh, okay. And he just was like, "Yeah, let's do it." But it happened at that show that you guys played in Florida.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Like,
2: yeah. On your little vacation tour.
0: Yeah, the little <laughs> vacation tour. 2018. Hard to think it's been that long. Was it
2: 18? Um, I thought it was 17. You might be right
0: though. It might it, be. 18. It was 18. Yeah, it was it was 18. Um wow, yeah, Andrew Garrity. Shout out to Garrity. Haven't seen him in quite a Oh some yeah, time. you know
2: Garrity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: you we you know, he was on the whole tour. So okay, so cool. we yeah, got, you know, we it, got I to guess. know She's him that week and see him around. All, you know, um yeah, man, shout out to shout out to Garrity. Uh and Demolish. We, we love Garrity. Wow, that's funny, man. So Okay, yeah, so I I yeah, I I obviously um I'm famous for saying the wrong uh thing at the wrong time. So Hot Graves, the name of your yes. band. Um speaking of wrong names with uh John uh, Mamo, right?
2: Yeah, John Mamo is now the drummer of Hot Graves and Warflurch.
0: Yeah. Okay, he's the drummer of Warflurch.
2: He is the drummer and vocalist of Warflurch, Yeah.
0: Okay, trying to keep up here, and I get the impression that you go back with him a long time.
2: Uh, yeah, I met him probably, uh, probably a decade ago, but we probably got really tight like six or seven years ago. You know what I mean? Honestly, he pulled me out of a hole in my life that was very terrible. He helped. He helped to pull me out of a hole in my life where I was going through some bullshit, and uh, I, I'm I can never thank him enough for uh, being in my life. He just had his birthday a couple days ago. I'm forever grateful for that gentleman.
0: Wow, happy birthday. Shout to him. And um, I'm happy to hear that, man. That's great, man. Not every day you hear such high accolades for a bandmate. Um, That's awesome, man. Uh, And... He's a beautiful man. I I see that because obviously he's in, in, you know, he eventually took... Well, no, he was actually one of the... He was the original guy in Warflurch doing vocals while you did the music. Was he not in the beginning?
2: Yeah, so Warflurch really started because me and him had all these other bands that we've been doing. We've been in like five or six bands now together in, in the last like six years. So it's like yeah, we he we always encourage him to do more backing vocals and shit like that when he's on drums because we had this band called pyre um and he it was just a three-piece so we all like did vocals and we all like shared everything and just like try to chop it up you know what i mean but when it came time i was like coming up with this project i was like "Mamo, this is the one where you get to be the lead singer and you just get to be out front like like you know, no, no instrument, just the vocals, you know, he's like, hell yeah, let's do this shit. And originally we formed it to, to be on that purpose. But then the drummer we had, he actually quit the day that a uh, shit slime came out. And then uh, we're like, well, Mamo, you got to play drums now. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> OK. Um, and, you know, while we were just talking about Hot Graves Quickly for the listeners, um, there's a lot of releases going back. Uh, One in particular that I was able to sample today for a little while um, that I just had to shout out and maybe ask you a little bit about, Days Before Plague mixtape, which I listened to on Bandcamp, released in June of 2020. And what I enjoyed about this is it's got like kind of a... Uh, it's called a mixtape, and it's got this like the int- the kind of um, synthesizer uh, sampled kind of intro and and outro tracks, and it kind of it plays a little bit like a mixtape. And for the li- <clears throat> for the listeners, it's just it's a. I don't want to put too many adjectives on it. I'll let you go into what you guys want to do with it. But it's a very cool raw kind of blackened old school um, uh, uh, thrashy sound. So I, I don't know if you want to take it from there and, and go into what that project was all about.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like the days before plague is like, it's actually the demos of our upcoming album that's about to come out. But you know, we tried to make it like a mixtape. Like we said, like this is a mixtape of songs. Like there's songs that are on there that won't be on the album, and all this kind of shit like that too. So, but that actually came out on a cassette tape, you know, for real, uh, on Noxious Ruin Records.
0: Yeah, it, uh, was like,
2: it was like a pretty limited press but, you know, I, it, it it was for it was just for the hardcore fans really that one.
0: I definitely like the idea of trying to take the the idea of a mixtape and translate it to underground extreme music. It's something I've attempted in the past. Um, you know, with but you know, we never really were able to do it with any of my bands, so it was really cool to see that and now, speaking of that you talked a little bit about Sky, and you mentioned Djing, is there any kind of like djing or electronic music or maybe hip hop experience uh, that you kind of have um behind the scenes that you might bring bring to the table?
2: Oh, absolutely. I have a whole like production thing where i I do like you know beats and like weird electronic music and stuff like that. That's called Laser Commander, but it's spelled all crazy. <laughs> it's spelled it's it's spelled with no vowels, but it's L Z R K M M N D R. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I that's what really you know. I was like, why should I not incorporate this into the metal that I'm doing as well? You know, it's just music. Like, let's make all this music. You know.
0: Okay, so is that where we start getting a glimpse into the? Psychedelic realm that you take Warflurch into, despite it being also such brutal death metal.
2: Absolutely, like you know, to me, everybody's gonna just be hammering away at riffs and doing this that and being brutal. But what about creating atmospheres and shit like that? That's where I. That's where I start thinking, like you know, about where I'm going with with what I'm doing. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair, uh, fair enough, and, and now let me ask you this too, man, this is a little bit off-beat off question here, but um, were you the guy in the neighborhood who was making beats and, like, rappers would want to come through to your house and record on a beat?
2: Yeah, I've definitely been that guy at multiple different stages of my life.
0: <laughs> and how has how that gone? How has that ranged and how it went?
2: No, mostly I would seek out the people, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't really let people know. If if I saw somebody who I thought was doing something cool, I would approach them, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man.
0: I'd be (laughs) like,
2: yo, you got some skills, let's fucking work on some shit, you know?
0: I know a lot of. Um, I knew a lot of aspiring producers when I was young. will say on Long Island, and still do know a few. And, and everyone's always got some story about somebody either coming through. And the the one I know is a guy uh, came through the studio and got got so drunk and whatever he was on, he nodded off before he even recorded one bar. And oh Jesus! Yeah, that's... yo for real
2: though, yo Will for real though, Hassan from Ripping Headaches told me I oh, needed no. to go uh, freestyle battle you. When you guys came to
0: Orlando, Well, we should have, man, we should have, especially in 2018. I, know,
2: I, I went looking for you. I couldn't find you. I didn't really know uh, where where the cuts were behind
0: that venue. I'd never been there before. Oh man! But I was like,
2: bro, I, I, I was I was definitely trying to come meet you and fucking chop with you, though.
0: In Orlando, that was that wouldn't be the Haven right what yeah it was the haven yeah it was the haven wow
2: shout yeah, that's what i'm saying that's where the hot graves oh,
0: line up got yeah, 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 yeah. Right there. yeah the haven is one of my favorite florida venues i've been there a few times man that's great oh man oh really that's
2: cool yeah that place is pretty tight we ended up playing there uh like a year and a half later with druid lord oh druid, druid no, Lord sick We I played like- there like like a like a month before the pandemic hit
0: with Druid Lord. Druid Lord is tight, man. They're like they're kind of like that uh Sabbathy death metal thing, man. They're good, man.
2: Kinda, but they really do have their own fucking vibe at this point. They really like stumbled into their own complete style of deathy doom shit. Like you can hear the influences, but they still do it different. And it's so cool.
0: I got. I eventually got to get them. They're 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 guys from a certain generation too. They're a little bit older too, right?
2: Oh man, hell yeah! You need to talk to them, bro. Because sure Tony, he's in Massacre. They're like he's taking off to fucking Finland right now to go play with Massacre.
0: Nice, the good
2: life. There you go, man. And and Pete, you know, he was in Equinox and all that kind of shit, bro. Like they were in Acheron. They were in all those cool bands, bro.
0: Yeah, we were. T- I think we talked. I think Gurgling Gore might have put him. There's there's a tape of theirs out, and maybe. Because I feel like I, we, I talked about this on an episode. With,
2: he put he put uh, Dur- yeah, he put Drew Laura tapes out. Yeah, but they're on like uh, Hell's Headbangers as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's why. Because I I I had previewed them and talked about them with uh, Big Daddy Gore, and that's kind of it's funny because that I I also interviewed um shout out to Garrett from Maul uh whom Warflurch uh you did a three way split with uh it was Thorns and Maul right just most recently. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that was the last thing I think that came out really good yeah.
0: okay, man. so get now getting back on track here man um with you know, we kind of left off talking about war Flirts. you you started that because you and John had so many ideas you've been a lot of other projects um when you put it out, did you have the intention of getting a lineup going or was it more like you saw the project picking up steam in the underground scene and getting attention? So you were like, let's, let's get some more people together and get a full lineup.
2: Well, you know, to be real about it, um, in in chronological order, it went like this. We decided to do it. We started doing it. We put out the first, uh, demo just on online in the beginning of 2020 i started after that writing songs like demoing them out on my computer with like uh like program drums and all that shit and then uh we hot graves got asked to play total death over mexico three so we ended up shifting all our energy into rehearsing for that huh so we just uh Powered down on that instead of working on the War Flirt shit. And then when we got out there to play the show, of course, and it was in March, and that's when the pandemic started. So when we got back, it was like, fuck, well, let's just, you can't, it was like, it was like on pandemic lockdown. So we were like, boom, let's just record music. And let's just uh, have band practice and just keep writing songs and blah, 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 blah. So we ended up writing this whole Hot Graves album and all this new war shit. You know, it was like a lot of shit going on. We were out there like four or five days a week at the practice shed, sweating our asses off.
0: Nice, nice, man. Um, you say shed, you, you bring me to a question. Um I didn't you know, I didn't get to really ask you before when we were talking about growing up, but um do you live in a uh, in what, what's more of like a rural area or do you live like more towards the city? You said shed, that kinda queued me off.
2: Well, the shed means like it's like a it's like a warehouse unit. Yeah, you know I mean like 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 the type of thing you might work on your car in or something.
0: Got it. Got it. I know
2: so like that's the type of place you can get to like, you know, have a band rehearsal place so you might like hang a bunch of carpet up on the walls and like, you know, do all that kind of shit.
0: I know a local gore grind band that that operates out of a very similar um type of shed. <laughs> Uh, And yeah. shout shout to that the, the uh, bio the shed classic album. All right, so with now with Warflurch, you guys. I mean, it sounds like Hot Graves and Warflurch are kind of like moving ahead full steam. Pandemic slows you down a little bit in terms of playing out, but you're both writing all this stuff. When things come out, do you see? I mean, you must have seen that you definitely built something with Warflurch after the pandemic when things started opening up a little bit more.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like um, we record all the stuff, and then uh, I got in touch with Big Daddy Gore, hey, and then uh, you know we we formed uh, a mutual bond of thinking, you know, hey, you know, you are a new label, we're a new band, let's start a new thing, let's fucking do this shit. So he put out our first demo, like the actual Lurking Doom demo, and uh, I mean it went pretty good. It sold out in like 20 hours or something like that.
0: Okay, and Psychedelic Realms of Hell is the full length you would eventually put out with Big Daddy Gore on Gurgling Gore. Dude, Records. you know what?
2: What's today, the 31st?
0: Yes, of August, yeah.
2: So uh, on September 3rd, which is like, what, four days from now, that'll be a year ago that that album came out.
0: Wow, okay. This So this is actually really good timing because this interview will be out uh uh, the september 2nd the day before that um that's cool man all right so that's that's good so here we are at the year (laughs) i can act like i knew that here we are at the year anniversary of your album psychedelic realms of hell um here we are now going into that it's like the first full length i mean you you know you guys have kind of established what you want to do Uh, but in terms of composition and songwriting, like, like, where were you at, man? Like, did you want to really bring out, um, uh, the synthesizers and the, the sci, the sci-fi element of it? I mean, you had those, what was it? A vocorder on the, on the narration vocals at some point, like there's a story there. Isn't there about some ancient spores and things that you're trying to tell?
2: Oh, there's definitely a story, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole story is like about like basically, uh, that mushrooms were sent to earth from across the universe on an asteroid that hit us or whatever. And then like they took over our planet and they've basically been running shit ever since.
0: Huh? Okay, man. And I I like this. Are you, is this something you're going to continue? Or Well, I should say you did. Did you continue to explore that? uh, Yeah. The whole
2: album is a story. Like, so it starts where that happens and it happens our, that, to our planet because it's a nice place to like grow mushrooms right of course so that's where that's why they sent it here but then of course other species begin to evolve because of this and you know and then the second song is the stoned ape apocalypse and it's about how like you know uh apes were eating mushrooms and they that like advanced their brain at a more rapid rate than it normally would have because you know of all this like tripped out fucking my silly magic that was going on. You know I mean,
0: right. So that's so, how we get death metal.
2: Yeah. So then, right. Fast forward to the present time and everything's fucked up. People are all weird. And our protagonist says, fuck this. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm tripping on mushrooms and finding the real meaning of whatever the fuck. And that's when like the real journey begins. You know?
0: Okay. Wow. Um, a lot there. So now with Warflurch, the idea of like this uh, uh, these these spores and all this sort of thing. Something I wanted to ask you with the idea of psychedelics. First of all, is it like a requirement for say a new band member, or say you had like a, you had to get, grab a session guy to go on tour with? Nah, man. <laughs> like
2: uh, our bass player, Carrie, he's a very good boy. He doesn't do any of that stuff, so he's he's a good boy, though. We love him. He's fine.
0: Okay. And then, would you describe, um, we, you know, any any band member who allegedly has a relationship with psychedelics? Is that relationship spiritual or more recreational?
2: Both, definitely.
0: Both. Okay. Could We're you- all
2: very like health fucking yeah about that shit all the members who get down.
0: <laughs> okay
2: now trust me like that shit saved my life you know in a very real way
0: now this is it just something
2: changed we- my mind you know it changed my attitude you ever hear you ever hear some adult tell you that you need an attitude adjustment I- when you were a kid
0: yes yes yes
2: yeah, for real. There was a point in my life where I really needed an attitude adjustment. And fuck, and I'm going to tell you right now, mushrooms helped me adjust my attitude into a much better thing by far.
0: Well, all kidding aside, there definitely is an argument being made right now Um <clears throat> for what you're talking about, you know, you see it in the news a lot and in the medical community about people trying to use that. The, uh, you know, I, I first remember being brought up in the news to help people who are dealing with PTSD. Now it's being brought up for a, a whole range of different, um, th- you know, illnesses, mental illness and, and things that people are suffering from. So I've even seen it. I saw something the other day, an article saying that, um, It was helping people who were dying accept and die peacefully. Uh, My man, do you have Netflix, my brother? Uh, I have access to it, allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Allegedly. So so there's a, a documentary on there called Fantastic Fungi. You need to watch that ace
0: okay so that ace that's probably what pe- that's God, that that's one of the things that people are probably talking about man that's probably why it's in the news a little bit more too all right so i gotta i want to get down to the bottom of this um i'm just
2: saying man no like it's a beautiful documentary but like there's some cheesy elements to it but most of all it helps me remember how connected we all are to like the the ebb and flow of death and decay and everything and rebirth and regeneration you know what i mean it's like a very beautiful thing when you think about it it does like to me there's like a beauty in death metal if you want to celebrate death like i don't think about death as necessarily being like a fucking horror movie fucking thing i think about death as being like this like crazy transformation where you're like going through this portal and you're like what the fuck like you know what i mean like a definite different dimensional shift Paradigm
0: thing, you know? Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of know what you're getting at. And there's definitely a way to look at it where you see it as a natural function. Um, and you can even see a thing of beauty or a thing of tranquility in it. Absolutely, man. um And it's
2: not like we have to make hippie, happy ass music about it. But I'm saying we could frame it lyrically that way, you know? Uh, to make it cooler, you know, to make it different.
0: Yeah, I I think that there's, I, the idea of psychedelic death metal. Um, although it might not be something that's been explored a lot through the years, the, I think it is. There's something natural about it. The idea of kind of com, kind of combining these like very super super colorful uh, musical elements into the the gritty depth of death metal it works um and it works compositionally very well f- for that reason so uh i think there's something to be said for that duality you know i
2: agree man and i also think that you know wh- like there was a lot of people that were like you know they thought our album wasn't even psychedelic enough because we <laughs> put the word psychedelic in the title you know what i mean like we didn't go hard enough or something And I thought that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you want to do? Jimi Hendrix cover or something? You know, you can't push it too far. I think...
2: Oh, man, to me, that shit ain't psychedelic. To me, psychedelic is like when it's like when you're listening to it and, I don't know, stuff is happening in the stereo field and, you know, and, like, there's sounds you don't recognize and all that kind of shit, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, I got to say, there seems to be a push in a lot of modern death metal uh, (laughs) towards that sort of counterculture. Um, All of a sudden, it's like... I, I remember back when... Uh, Chris Barnes being like a big marijuana advocate in terms of you know, like his merch <laughs> and his and his death metal, like it was a really oddball yeah. thing for a while, and it, you wouldn't really see that sort of thing now, And then Cephalic Carnage was a very oddball thing with the marijuana shit in, in death metal, but nowadays, yeah, but they
2: meant that shit though. They really meant. That
0: oh shit. yeah, I, I love them, but I, you know, but like nowadays, like a lot of bands just have a you know their logo and the marijuana leaf and like that. You know, there's that's a very yeah. standard death metal shirt nowadays, which I'm all for. Well, that's, it's know. a lot of bootlegs
2: that do that, bro. <laughs>
0: Allegedly. I think it's bootlegs doing that shit, bro. May, Allegedly. Maybe, maybe not. Don't look at my silk screens. Um, hey, yo,
2: hey, yo <laughs> boss, though, so, did, did you ever see Sephalic Carnage live, bro?
0: I, I have a few times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. man, I saw them once, and they were fucking amazing. I, what, we Even were though in Florida? Oh, I, there? Saw him in,
2: I saw him in Tallahassee. Nice, okay. Yeah,
0: and they were on tour with um
2: uh Mastodon and like Disrhythmia and like somebody else maybe. That's cool. Good good bill. Yeah, they were fucking good though.
0: I I saw them at the Milwaukee Metal Fest in two thousand. Um and they were throwing That's out sick. they were allegedly throwing out little baggies of weed at the crowd. I didn't get one. That's alleged. Yeah, so I can't attest to that. I don't know. It might have been a demo. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a demo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I saw them in Brooklyn, uh, in here in New York, uh, maybe like 2002 or three. They were, they were. It was a weird tour. It was like them and like Creator and Destruction and then oh, yeah it was, it was it was a very oddball tour especially for the early 2000s yeah and I, and it was at a venue here that's in, weird uh, as fuck. yeah people who know lemores in brooklyn in the early 2000s they would have like six or seven local bands sell tickets and open up so it was it was very oh god it was a long night but it, it was a good good set by those guys
2: oh that's hateful man <laughs> i hate i hate shows that are more than four bands
0: oh dude th- i i we feel like it's a festival well, obviously, but yeah, like a local show on a Friday or Saturday night. If you just get three yeah. strong bands to play a, a good long set, you're good, you know.
2: Yeah, like don't, don't don't give me this six band shit.
0: No way. And then the club can 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 you know knock off the PA at eleven o'clock and have karaoke <laughs> night or dance night or whatever they do. We all know how that... oh
2: dude. You know the worst the worst time I ever seen of some shit like that in in some Hot Graves history time, bro. We played with uh, Watane in (laughs) fucking orlando dude wow and uh (laughs) we were at this club it's it used to be called the back booth it's called something different now i don't i can't remember but it's uh it's right downtown and like they were having like a dance night later that night or something like that so our show started hella early so our band played and then it was like black anvil and then watain or something like that And, uh, dude, you know, Watain does what Watain does, but these people are trying to, like, get ready to have, like, a fucking club (laughs) night after that. And you see these people walking around, and they have, like, two cans of Lysol in each hand, and, like, they're, like, going crazy, trying to, like, fucking fumigate the stink of death out of the fucking club, dude. It wasn't working.
0: Wow, Watane, well, did you uh, get to meet those guys, or...?
2: I've met them multiple
0: times actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean I with yeah. I all do you know I with all due respect, I mean, you know, if I you know if I interviewed them, I'd show them the, the respect. But I'm just I'm just saying what was you know that uh, they gotta be interesting guys to meet in person.
2: Well, all right, so um that was not my first time opening for watching. Okay. <laughs> but um but uh that time they had the the guitar player who was the guy from The Devil's Blood playing the guitar for them.
0: You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, uh, the Devil's Blood is like a very like kind of cult band from, from yeah, Europe. Like, I know, right? They're
2: like they're like, like kind of like a rock, a cult rock type shit.
0: Yeah, but that dude,
2: he was playing guitar for Watane. He killed himself. His name was like Salim something. I forget. I can't remember right now. Okay,
0: I'm not, I'm,
2: I'm, not, I'm not. I apologize to everybody and rest in peace to my man, but like yeah. he definitely is dead and like, but he played in that shit. But we recognized him from being in the Devil's Blood and we were like, oh shit. Because we were already sound checking Devil's Blood songs when we were on stage everywhere we went, like for the last couple months or whatever. Wow. Uh, what about we were, fan- we were fanning out a little bit on the dude from the devil's blood more than we were on Watain, is
0: what i'm saying <laughs> wow and he he's not he's not uh he's not on earth anymore huh he, he... yeah no
2: nah, rest in peace man all Fuck.
0: right rest in peace um yeah well, that's what i mean wattain has got that reputation that kind of precedes them uh and you know I, we've all heard the stories about the um the blood and the the, the death and all that sort of thing dude that,
2: I know, I know some first-hand stories. I ain't even definitely going to tell here, bro. But like, yeah, man,
0: dude. yeah, I've heard some things. I don't want to uh, corroborate here because I can't. I don't know. But I've, we've all heard those weird 2nd right. stories. All right, man. Um, uh, while we're while we're in this realm of conversation, shout out to Manticore, uh, who I had on the show recently too, man. They're kind of in that realm of uh, of uh, death aura, atmosphere, death metal. Black you and- said Manticore, right? Yeah, Manticore. Yeah, they. Yeah, Manticore is
2: sick as fuck, dude. I have some Manticore records. It's yeah, hilarious.
0: they're they're into that, evoking the aura of death live too, man. They might need the Lysol when they play too. So yeah, um, no, nah,
2: they're gross. Yeah,
0: their they're, they're, they're new, their new album is gross in a good way. But, um, all right, so get so so getting back again, hot graves strongly recommended for the listeners, too, especially if maybe you just uh got this episode going because you know War um, or because you just listen to the sh- the show that that's definitely something that you should give a spin, and you you said you guys have something new coming out, right,
2: oh, yeah, dude, we have a full length album coming out, man, recorded or uh watched. it's gonna be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry no all good man so it's recorded i don't want to say too much about it but like
2: yeah it's it's just we're waiting man it's gonna come out though
0: got it all right and and then as far as well before i ask before i kind of close up with warflurch uh and ask you what's new with that quickly i do want to get a big shout out to plasmodulated um, which, oh, right on, man. Yeah, well, that's like, if I got that right, that's kind of like your latest release of anything, right? Because you put out the self-titled 2022 EP, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, that was my like my little solo thing, man. And like, uh, I actually just got a box of CDs from the label of that uh, like two days ago. So I'm very, very excited about that.
0: What label was that?
2: Personal Records out of Mexico.
0: Personal records. Okay. And um, that's a cool, I saw something online. Is it true? I'm not a guitarist. I wouldn't know. Is this in standard tuning, modulated.
2: It's in E-flat standard, yeah. It's not drop tuning at all. It's just an E-flat. It's like how Eddie Van Halen might play that.
0: Beautiful. I Because I noticed there was some really cool, what people might identify more as like traditional heavy metal guitar work. Uh, going on there in Plasmodulated, aside from the the, t- the typical, like, brutal, dark death metal uh, that was there. Did you choose that tuning for a special reason?
2: Well, um, I don't know. Yeah, so I was like, I just had, I don't know, I just had this idea to, like, make some old-school, yet yeah, new-school, I don't know. I was trying to mix up the thrash and the, the old-school death metal thing but make it like brutal style with the super low vocals. So I wanted to make the like riffs be really chunky and kinda like uptune, but the vocals to be really low and like guttural, you know what I mean?
0: Okay, definitely, man. I, I, I hear it and I, I think it's a good mix. Um and it it's cause there's like a lot of clarity, but you still have there's there's some guitarists who've told me that you you can get the most heavy uh brutal riffs out of standard tuning um i know some guitarists have kind of i mean well
2: i felt like you know i get what you're saying and it's like i felt like it was a challenge it was like man can i make this feel like death metal you know what i mean and not and not feel like thrash metal you know what i mean Mm. like that was my challenge because i wanted to like kind of harken back to the era where everything was like right on the edge from being thrashed to death you know what i mean but like you know more death metal in an intent of riff yeah that makes
0: sense yeah i feel like florida back in the day was ground zero for that for like the the line between thrash metal and death metal especially from like a technical guitar kind of mindset
2: yeah man for sure because like there was all these bands that were like they were kind of crossovers shit. Like there was a band called Raped Ape from Florida that was <laughs> yeah. super sick.
0: You know them? I know the name, and I have a I have an old compilation called the Slammy Awards that has like one or two. Oh songs yeah, by dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where nice. I got that. I forgot, that forgot
2: about the slammies dude. Wow. Yeah, That's
0: that was cool. that was that was like kind of like a fest or a show that would go on down there, right?
2: Uh, it was like a bullshit little award thing. It was based around a magazine.
0: Okay. They well, they, yeah, uh, they but It was cool. It was I, cool. I think, about, <laughs> I think. I think. I actually now that I remember, where I bought it from, like a used CD store many, many years ago, because I, I recognized Malevolent Creation, yeah. and the rest of the oh, bands yeah, were, was- were. I think every other band on there was kind of like more of like a crossover thrash type of band.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Probably. Well. You probably saw it was probably like Guardi Lou,
0: yeah, and like <laughs> probably those,
2: been, yeah, and like Rape Dape, and uh, oh fuck, definitely Malevolent Creation played a lot down in like Fort Lauderdale and all that area. Even before like they had a record deal and they would just play these other shows in Fort Lauderdale, like these little ass shows that were sick as fuck.
0: Okay. They were good.
2: They always had a good
0: drummer, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just looking. I, I I'm not going to dig up the CD now, but yeah. Um, okay, and you've been very generous with your time. Be- before I let you go, though, something I got to ask. Uh, being that you're kind of like a multi instrumental mastermind with a lot of your projects, a lot of your projects are known maybe for, um, or at least Warflurch is known for. Uh, some synthesizers and some sound effects. Let's talk gear for one minute. If you could just give us a rundown of what you use to get those crazy sounds, what kind of synthesizers or even programs. I don't know. How How do you, how do you get the sci-fi effects?
2: Well, I do a lot of things. Like I have a lot of different synthesizers. I have like some novation. I have a novation ultra Nova. I have an Novation micro or uh fuck i can't even remember what it's called right now i have a lot of synthesizers (laughs) and i also have a lot of uh, effects pedals especially from lone wolf effects and uh void manufacturing so those like shape a lot of the sounds that we do with the guitars and the synthesizers for like what we're recording especially for you know There's the interlude stuff, but a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of synthesizer stuff going on in the actual songs behind the riffs. They're just kind of mixed a little lower. It's just filling the shit out, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good headphone music. Thank you. That's how I feel
2: about it. Like I I want people to like, you know, take time to listen to how shit is because we pan shit out and do all kind of weird shit to make sure it's like, you know exciting here and yeah. there
0: you know you want people to take an eighth of shrooms and put on the beats headphones just zone out in the park somewhere for for a couple hours i get it Works. honestly dude
2: like one of the last like times i i tripped really hard i actually listened to the test pressing of the album <laughs> uh and i was just like i was just like planted in front of the speaker And I'll tell you how it went, bro. (laughs) Like, I was listening to it, and and it starts, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Wow, (laughs) what happened here? Like, this is so cool. And then, like, towards the end of the first side, I'm like, this album sounds fake. What the fuck is this weird shit? (laughs) Who the fuck did this? And then I turned the record over, and I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. It fucked me up, dude.
0: Yeah, you got to watch, man. It'll play with you sometimes. They'll, they'll, yeah. It'll, it'll, they'll play the shell game with you sometimes, those shrooms. Um, hey,
2: man, you know, all of it, it just opens it up, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it op- yeah, it opens everything up. Um, <laughs> and, it it does, man. So, all right. So that that's the synthesizers. And just, like, what are you working with typically in terms of a, a, a guitar, uh, and, and what you run it through? Um, what, what you'd like to share, maybe?
2: Um, I have a a guitar that I tuned down really low. It's a Dean V guitar. That's like a, some sort of signature model, but I put a Warfleur sticker over the signature, so now I've forgotten who it was. But I play that through an orange amp, a CR one hundred and twenty, which is a solid state amp which I'm happy to not have to deal with tubes, and I like solid-state amps, I totally suggest having a solid-state amp to anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. But, uh,
2: <laughs> but that's just me. Um, but Steven has, like, I mean, we have, like, Lone... We have a, a sponsorship, actually, but, like, we still love all this shit, but Lone Wolf Effects and Void Manufacturing gives us a lot of, like, good... Affects stuff so we can make our psychedelic nightmares happen on stage and in the studio so we got to give a shout out to that but mostly uh i mean steven has like a randall head maybe i think can't remember haven't seen it in so long we've just been recording stuff in the personal studios but yeah we got a lot of like crazy pedals that's that's the main thing about it is collecting weird pedals
0: yeah ev- people love that it's an expensive game it really
2: is dude but i think i'm done maybe <laughs> See.
0: Yeah, they're gonna pull you back in just like uh al pacino um or real uh uh yes yeah, that's all our pedal heads out there man um now all right so Uh, We're going to give you the opportunity to plug and promote any upcoming uh, shows or or albums or any any other things that we might have missed out on talking about. But I'm going to ask you the typical Heavy Hole podcast line of questioning now, uh, which is, could you recommend for me and the listeners... One newer album or release, EP, demo, whatever, and one older one. Uh, no strict, stringent rules. Just something from a little bit back in the day, and something a little bit more recently by your standards. And I'm going to throw in a bonus round. Uh, throw recommend a ska record for us.
2: <laughs> okay. Um. Well, if you want to, if you want me to recommend a new album, I feel like I'm recommending the Pharmacist album. Yeah, uh, for the flourishing extremities on unspoiled mental
0: grounds album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, pharmacist from Japan. Um, I isn't that guys yeah, isn't that guys that are from like other bands people know about? It's kind of like a super group type of thing, or am I wrong? I don't know, man. It's all shrouded in mystery. Okay, all right. The less said, the better. But yeah, def- <laughs> definitely good for the listeners to check out.
2: No, I've been listening to
0: that album. All
2: the songs are like seven minutes plus. It's just fucking gnarly, dude. It's just like, and there's a lot of really cool guitar work on there. I don't know. If you like, see for me, like, I don't like Carcass like everybody else likes Carcass. I like the bands that sound like Carcass, (laughs) that did a little different or a little better or whatever with better production. They did the older times of Carcass in a different way.
0: There's something to be said for that. I know exactly what you mean, man. Like Carcass's first two albums spawned a whole genre of gore grind, right? You know? But
2: and they and those albums were recorded horribly. But there's all these other bands who did it really cool. Yeah. After that, and they the recordings were better. The, the, the cor- but I like the newer wave that's doing it now, like Septage and like Pharmacist. All that kind of shit, dude. That shit's fucking banging to me.
0: Yeah, I see. I, I'm not too up on some of the newer bands. I got to go there. Septage, you said, too, huh? Septage,
2: yeah. Right. Oh, man, yeah. They're from uh, Denmark, I think. Yeah.
0: All right, sweet, man. Yeah, I see, that's a. I. Because I got so... I was really into the 90s wave, like, dead infection and squash bowels and regurgitate and that whole... Gore, and then, like... The Razorback wave in the early two thousands when they were really aping in Potato and Carcass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit, sure. that shit was cool, man. I'm not so up on the latest wave. Yeah, but. back then,
2: back then I was like definitely aware of all of those releases too. You know what I mean? I was like very hype about all that shit. That's so funny, man, because I don't even care about shit like that that much these days. But like this stuff, I don't know. It's like a little different. Yeah, because they're like hitting on that heartwork work era a little harder. You know what I mean? But they're still including the old stuff, like, the, you know, like the fucking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you can hit all that noisy gore grind stuff with a little bit of the sweet melody. Uh, yeah. There's a sweet spot to be had there. Oh, definitely. Uh, and what about. OK, so what about something a little bit older then? Like an old, like death metal, any, a little bit older. Any genre. Any, Let's talk about. We're going to talk about something just, just a
2: little bit older right now. Go for it. That's we're going to talk go. about
0: Mithras. Mithras
2: uh, on Strange Eons.
0: You know that um, album? No, no. I, I'm, I'm listening.
2: Oh man, it's like. Okay, I guess it came out in like 2016, maybe late 2016. It's like uh, Mitras, they put out a bunch of albums. I don't know. I guess they're kind of considered Tech Death or something like that, but I don't know. I don't really consider them like that. They're like a punky version of it, if that, but like, I don't know. They made an album that's like cosmically fucking super lit, heavy as hell. The lyrics bring me to my knees, man. They're fucking beautiful. Like, the idea, like, these, like, extra huge cosmic ideas that they drop in these lyrics are fucking sick, bro.
0: And how is the band name spelled? M-I-T-H-R-A-S. Okay. Mithras. All right. That's, That's something to look up, man. Definitely for me and the listeners. I'm not familiar with that
2: i mean they have classic albums that like came out a while ago that people regard well but like listen to the last album and read the lyrics along because like i know you'll appreciate it man because like so for me i'm gonna just keep it real right now like uh listening to like artificial brain albums and like reading along with the lyrics is like it's way different you have to like really know what the shit is saying to feel like why the music does what it does mm. you feel me
0: yeah yeah so I, it's like
2: I, so you want to listen to the lyrics like if you can't understand what they're saying obviously you want to like read the lyrics and feel the whole thing happening at one time you know like and i feel like mithras is another one of those albums like on like they 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 really make it to where like you have to follow the whole thing along to get the vibe.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that insight. And I, I, I mean, that's kind of like a big part of what I do is the idea that you can't understand any of the vocals, but if you follow along with the lyrics, there is something being said. You have underneath to. You have you know, to go,
2: man. Yeah. You have to go in and, and wonder why the hell.
0: You know, <laughs> it's a mystery. It's one of the mysteries of the universe. You know, you know. <laughs> Why the hell somebody
2: put the lyrics to this?
0: Why would you yeah, do it? You gotta it?
2: fucking figure it out, bro. Why would you? And do that's it? what was beautiful to me about all that shit. Because like every time I've really wondered, I've I've been like amazed. I've been delighted. I've been so fucking you know enraptured with the shit that I found. You know what I mean?
0: a hundred percent and now let let's flip it for a second let's let, let, let's say this let's say I'm like your death metal friend who has no idea what sky is and thinks it's like pop punk or something uh what what album would you recommend they check out what sky out or sky oriented or adjacent album i don't know
2: I would recommend checking out like a trojan records sky like um like a like some sort of compilation or something like that yeah yeah Tro- you know what i mean don't listen to no white people playing this shit first
0: <laughs> yeah man yeah trojan <laughs> records, that was the classic jamaican label right
2: yeah yeah i mean like that's a that's a good one like because like you got to think about it like Jamaican music went in waves. In the early waves, it was ska. In like the late, or the mid-60s or whatever. And then it turned into rock steady. And then they slowed it down a little more and it turned into reggae, right? You know what I mean? Okay. There's a whole like paradigm shift for how the the music was performed and how it was called. Yeah. Uh- that's I'm sorry. I speak as an ethnomusicologist major and look I looked up I studied Jamaican music super heavily.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah, boss. Okay. So there's a lot there, man. Now Like look, man, like you know I know you love
2: rap music, look, man. Rap music in America would not exist if it didn't come from Jamaica, for real.
0: Well, I know enough, I've seen enough in documentaries and things to know that a lot of it comes from, like, the DJ culture of putting speakers out in the streets. Um, That's Jamaican
2: culture from the
0: 60s. And then that kind of came to New York City, and that's, like, the beginnings of hip-hop in a lot of ways. That's real shit. Yeah, yeah, that's... um, I mean that's 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 kind of like very text textbook beginnings of hip hop. Uh, people can look up. There's there's a lot a lot of documentary, especially nowadays. There's been a lot more coverage. But well, here's the
2: thing. Here's the thing. So if you really actually listen to Jamaican music, and this is shit that comes from like 1973, four, five, whatever, whatever, you can hear people in Jamaica just rapping on the beat, just like anybody in America would do. <laughs> Like five or six years later, I mean that shit's on records. Yeah, you know what I mean they're like still to the beat, a rock to the beat. Like they're t- they're saying all the same kind of things as like those guys were doing, but it was being recorded and they still put it out on records. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of um, a lot of interesting stuff there, especially like. um Dub, dub music and that whole oh yes culture because when you see you know they're pressing records it just reminds me of like this kind of like pirate uh, uh, pirating of records and pressings of records that was done that and they kind of made their own style of music with that the dub music um, well
2: dub music even comes from like just the producer he owns the music right so the band played it and he recorded it and. He can mix it however he wants, so he might like fire up the echo over here, and the reverb over here, and when he plays it, he's like, you know, doing different mixes of it. So we can record like five, six, seven different mixes of the same beat that was played by just a certain number of musicians, but just with different, you know, things being pulled in and brought back out and all that kind of shit. So that's where dub culture comes from
0: i just got the sickest idea for a bootleg acapella remix of the latest artificial brain album but um (laughs) but we'll (laughs) never. who knows
2: (laughs) yo i want that so bad baby
0: with just like little little like uh, like heavily reverbed sound effects in the background you know (laughs) oh man dub style but um honestly
2: that would be the sickest shit ever though like like people would listen
0: to that some there's especially not, if i did nowadays it's wide open man um we'll t- we'll talk <laughs> because it was i got you there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas that started off as jokes who knows uh
2: dude i don't give a fuck to me like when my homies used to hang around and joke about shit and then not do it, I would get mad. I'm like, why didn't we do that thing we were joking about? They're like, whatever, dude. And I'm like, no, we could have did it. Like, nah, fuck that. Let's do everything, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't get me started, man. I'll get some of my bandmates angry who listen to the show. Shout to them, man, because I'm always, <laughs> I, I, I'm full of ideas, and not everyone necessarily sees things the way I do, man. You know how it goes. No, true. Okay,
2: yeah, we got to pump the brakes. Hold up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, wow, so, all right, uh, I had you on a long time. You threw me for a loop just now with that. What'd you say? Music. What was it that you studied? Ethnomusicology. Ethnomusicology. Yeah, so bro. is that like you kind of, so you kind of picked like uh, uh reggae and Jamaican music and that sort of thing, or you learned about Well, a lot no, of-
2: I mean, I did, I did, but there was still this whole thing where I had to do this like thesis about how, um, African music had made its way from Africa to South America and the West Indies into pop music of today. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. Got it, man. It was like a thesis kind of fucking thing. You know what I mean? That's interesting. So that being said, go ahead. I don't know,
2: but everything that was meant to go through it and all the money that I had to come up with to come through it, I was like, damn, all I'll end up being is like a fucking teacher or something. And I didn't want to do that. So I gave that up and started a record label and a couple bands and a bunch of shit. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so was any part of that no. learning? Of, was was I'm there? sorry, what? No, I'm sorry. Was any part of that, those classes performance based? Did you learn how to play instruments or play styles of music?
2: Oh yeah no well not not once I moved up here but when I was in uh, college on scholarship yeah I was in like I was in the like orchestral band, I was in the jazz band, I was in the jazz combo. I was in the percussion ensemble. I had four different like live performing groups that I had to be a part of to like fulfill the um,
0: uh, requirements of my scholarship. Okay, wow. so that gives people a little bit more insight into your background and maybe why we hear such a wide array of influence maybe or or, or kind of like a, a leaning into different influences in Warflurch and other projects that you've been involved in um, even uh, plasmodulated maybe is that you, you you do have a very broad spectrum of experience. And, like, you know, and you do have a lot of, I guess we'll just say, like, formal training musically.
2: That is kind of true. I do have a certain amount of formal training musically. Yes, that is true. That is very true.
0: Do you? Do you... I mean, I do
2: have a college degree on it, too, as well. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean. Cause... But, like, but, like, it was like this, the college degree has nothing to do with how I play guitar. You know what I mean?
0: I it's it's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of. It might be hard to draw like a direct line, but I'm just saying. Uh, but I didn't go to
2: college to play guitar. That was in guitar. I was in college playing like uh, vibraphones and like xylophones and <laughs> shit like that.
0: Well, I, I, I mean in a good way that people know they're dealing with a professional, so to speak, um, <laughs> an, an educated musician, and also now because your upbringing, you said you know your dad was a guitarist. Um, he, you know, he knew a lot of cool music and things like that. So you kind of had like an informal introduction to music and you, you rounded it out with a formal education. Like, do you ever, I did, I mean, does your dad, does your dad still like jam ever? I know you said he kind of stopped playing in bands and things like that, but does he still have a guitar? Do you jam with him or do you ever talk guitar with him right Oh, there? dude,
2: like, like my dad, like when Hot Graves started not doing things, my dad's band he retired and his band started like playing gigs like two or three times a month. And I was seeing all this shit. He had a cover band with like these dudes down South or whatever. But at some point I went down there and, uh, we played fucking the boys are back in town with the guitar harmonies and all that shit, bro we fucking ripped that
0: shit that's odd that sounds really fun man that's cool yeah it was sick
2: but uh but yeah my dad my dad plays like right now though i got him into like you know what i'm saying uh making tracks on his fucking computer that he could play guitar over and shit like that right i taught him how to like use all the like garage band shit so i got my dog like you know what I'm saying? Jamming down <laughs> on, on computer. That's great. And he's like making songs and like, I made this song for your mom. And like, you know what I'm saying? It's sick, bro. It's I like I'm super proud of my dad. Like he's just like expressing himself, bro. He's he's recording hella shit. He's all right. getting it in.
0: He's recording his own one man projects. That's great, man. That's sick. Yeah,
2: man. And he's got his like, you know, guitar forum buddies and shit. He's playing the shit. Yo, it's all good.
0: Nice. All right. So dad's still in the game too, man. I love a happy ending. Hell yeah, bro. Um so it's been really great talking to you. Uh, Mike Colby of um Warflerch, uh, Plasmodulated, Hot Graves, all these other projects you've been a part of over the years. Is there anything that you want to plug or promote projects maybe that I didn't get into or upcoming albums or upcoming shows?
2: Well, you know what? Uh we definitely have an upcoming Hot Graves album. Just keep a lookout for that. War has a split coming out with Soul Devourment. You heard it here first, but it's coming out soon. And uh, we have another split coming out with another band I won't mention just now. And then, you know, other than that, we just want everyone to uh, stay flirty and enjoy their
0: lives. <laughs> stay flirty alright thank you very much Mike uh, we appreciate your time man
2: thanks Will man it's, it was a pleasure to meet you my bro L-
0: likewise man stay flirty man alright hey I can't help that Right, thank you very much uh to our special guest tonight. We hope you check out War and all the other music we just discussed. Um sick discussion, but um enough already. The suspense is killing me. How was Evanescence? I said it right that time.
1: Uh they were good. Uh I I I (laughs) didn't have particularly high or low expectations. Um I will say my my first thought uh you know when I got to my seats and saw Evan evanescence uh <laughs> damn you're tripping me up here uh is that amy lee looks very good that that was the the that that jumped off the page for me she, she looked good sounding good uh evanescence is not my uh typical strain of uh gothic metal uh i i, I don't really uh go towards the the, the operatic vocals but uh, you know, I, I think she's an undeniable vocal talent. I think anyone could tell you that. I think that you know the 13 million records or however much they sold speaks to that. You know, so uh, respect. And then, corn uh, was great. Uh, I, I guess we talked about that a, a little bit already, but uh, yeah,
0: well, we yeah. we, we kind of had like this um, uh, conspiratorial discussion about what members performed how how was the overall performance
1: the, the overall performance was great uh they really didn't play a whole lot of like newer stuff which i was happy they did a lot of uh you know they played twist they played porno creep which <laughs> is a deep cut off uh, life is pg okay uh you know blind falling away from me got the life you know the 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 hits uh my, my my biggest complaint was that they did three songs off the self-titled but in a medley instead of separate so you know they you know J- jd got on the mic he was like you guys ready to hear some old old shit and you know he got me hyped they played ball tongue which is my favorite corn song uh so i you know i, I was uh i was vibing out to it and then i um, like 90 seconds in they change it to uh no nope. i i think they went right into need to which if if my memory serves me is the third track on the self-titled right after ball tongue and then i think they did the like breakdown from predictable too yeah so so they did like a little like five minute three song medley and it's like those are the songs that i'm going to hear so i want to hear them played uh in full
0: I'm I'm, yeah I've never been a big fan of like the the medley when you see when you see a a metal band or any kind of rock band live kind I mean I guess like a big commercial pop rock band that you know it's like whatever but a metal band doing a medley is kind of weird to me I just can't I can't accept it definitely Uh,
1: and uh they they did bust out a little uh one by Metallica cover at the very (laughs) end like just the the darkness imprisoning me Part, okay, but uh,
0: that makes sense. It, it
1: kind of threw me for a loop. They did, I want to say they so they, they did a uh, Freak on a Leash and had Amy Lee from evanescence come out okay. and do it with him for for uh, longtime corn fans. You may know that they did that rendition of the song on their 2004 Unplugged live album and uh, the you know with different instrumentation so the, i guess now that they're touring with evanescence they're doing uh you know the the fully amplified metal version of freak on a leash that'll featuring amy lee
0: that'll take you right back to uh using the payphone outside of tower records to call your mom and go home man that's that's some nostalgic shit right there amy lee and corn uh, yeah people- are you
1: aware of the death metal connection with evanescence
0: Uh, no, no, no. no. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. This is a heavy hole podcast exclusive right now.
1: Uh, so I'm sure you're aware of the band, uh, Shredded Corpse from Arkansas.
0: Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I know the name. I'm not like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I own any of their merch. Shout, shout to them.
1: Uh, yeah. Wild Rags Records put out their exhumed and molested full-length in 1996 and i want to say one of the (laughs) guitar players went on to be a founding member of evanescence
0: i feel like uh somebody told me about this at some point i'm not just saying that but um i think i looked this up once now hold on a second man we're gonna go shout to metal archives uh i don't know what we're doing on the show without them um that's that's interesting man Hold on a second.
1: All right, yeah. so 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 I, I got it right here. This guy Rocky Gray from uh, Jacksonville, Arkansas. He is on every Shredded Corpse release, credited uh, with vocals, guitars, and bass. Some he's doing keyboards as well, and uh, he played drums for Evanescence from 2002 to 2007. Which uh, sounds that that sounds like the heyday of like you know when that uh you know that, that that first record of theirs really like blew up
0: i hope he got a, a good lawyer and a check that would be me good too for him. yeah
1: yeah, wow. yeah he, he's he's really get, getting the letting it trickle down for all those death metal guys and,
0: and over by, here. Just, just for the listeners i lied i do own shredded corpse merch <laughs> <laughs> i own the cold still earth comp cd Uh, I knew I knew that name from somewhere, man. Admittedly, I haven't listened to that in a good long time, but now I got to go back and check that out. I don't believe it was as nuanced as uh, Evanescence. Um, uh, (laughs) Wow, man. That's crazy. Okay, so, uh, but we also said that we were going to, before we get out of last weekend and start telling you about upcoming shows, um, while I got Sam here, we were going to tell you about, we performed with uh, Rotrefour, man. That was crazy. Those guys were nuts. It was fucking
1: awesome. They, they, they sounded heavy as fuck. Uh, I, I got to see them one other time earlier this year at uh, Maryland Death Fest. I want to say they, they played the first day, the same day as Mortician. And uh, I actually, I liked it better at Vitus. I, I, I thought the, the more intimate setting, uh, you know, it was more befitting to their sound, I would say. They, they, they sounded crushing. I, th- I think their like dual vocal thing they got going on is really fucking sick. Uh, yeah. Just a brutal, gross old school death metal band. And it, it was a honor to play with them. And uh, it, it's just cool that, uh, exanguinated of all, all the bands that either of us are in got to do it. Cause I think we are kind of trying to, you know, carry that, that sound a little bit like that. You know, Northeast, East Coast, uh, you know, just grimy, brutal, old school, doomy death metal. Definitely. I I thought it was a good fit.
0: Definitely an influence. um, Always, man. I mean, in terms of vocals, those guys, I just, I got to give it up to um, guys from a certain generation that are out there doing it and just kind of like really pulling off the music that's on albums from like 30 years ago. I mean, they, they were certainly playing the, the guitar and still doing the vocals. The vocals were just as sick and brutal as they always were. Um, I, I I did get the chance to meet uh, Chris and Mark from Rattivore from briefly, man. They they were not shy about mingling with the crowd. Chris handed out the business cards. Did you see that? Rattivore business cards? They say underground death metal.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't get one of those. I, I got a, I traded a shirt. Uh, I, I got some stickers, but I, I did not catch the business part.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Um, a shout shot to uh, Chris from Rotrevoir, man. He, we were talking about... Uh, here's something for the listeners, man. Uh, Chris uh, from Rotrevoir had a theory that he was telling us about a band's sophomore album usually being their best album. That's a controversial topic. We'll get into that maybe on another heavy because I feel like if we go down that wormhole... Now it's it's gonna get it's gonna get hectic, but we might do that in the future. Maybe listeners drop it, your. It,
1: it's funny because uh, I I think I was talking to him earlier on in the night, and he was he was he the one that was wearing the monstrosity imperial doom shirt?
0: Yeah, like the OG one, not like my um, new modern one. That's yeah. So I,
1: I I was telling him that I had I have a new modern one too, but it's uh it's for Millennium, which is their sophomore record. Which uh, okay, I, I I don't know if people necessarily think. i I think it does get held in a high regard but everyone always i I think the album art kind of overshadows the record for some people because the the album art is so jarring but i i think it's cool like like my my buddy uh scum shout out scum scourge of vinyl on instagram uh he made some posts the other day about like uh like great albums with uh like shitty album covers and I, Mm -hmm. i i just had to like let him i had to throw my uh two cents in and say i i think that's a great album with a great album cover that that monstrosity i De- death metal I, uh eggs i you
0: know? i, I <laughs> love millennium's album art to be perfectly honest with you and that was i think that was the album where they had like the the band promo picture where they all had the sunglasses on and they just had this bizarre i, I like millennium's album art too but in dark purity's cover art didn't do it for me. Um, it just it, it kind of like reminded me of the PlayStation video games that were out at the time in in the late nineties. I
1: I could definitely see that. I I, I think for me the, that that kind of crossover is uh, I I see that as maybe more of a positive than uh, <laughs> some other people would.
0: Oh yeah, well I mean in terms of like just the content alone, we're just talking about the album art. Um, yeah, we we went from sophomore albums to album art. But um, yeah, we're all over the place right now. It, but yeah, it, it's all good. Cause we're talking about millennium. I mean, I dropped real quick because I I thought about I tried to test this theory Chris had in my head, and I said to myself, "Well, dead infection. You got everyone loves chapter vaccines. Then cryptopsy. Everyone loves none so vile. I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule. People argue back and forth, but in general, I think he had uh, an idea. Maybe maybe we'll get a little debate going. But I want to include um more so because I think you prepared. Uh, upcoming shows and some upcoming. Um, uh, now that we talked about this, like you, you were not going crazy with corn and. Um, uh, I was all... definitely
1: going a little crazy with corn. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh,
0: unleashed. What else is going on coming up?
1: Uh, well, I mean, so
0: this weekend we got
1: the Reeking Aura LP release show at Amityville Music Hall.
0: That's right. That's going to be if you're listening to this in time. That's tomorrow. That's going to be the third of September, Saturday, and people got to get there early at one o'clock. It's a matinee.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, if if you want your uh, double dose of uh, Tom and Rick, <laughs> you, you, you want you want to get in and out of uh, AMH early so you can uh, hit hit the LIE and get to Vitus for Oceans of Slumber and uh, Gray Skies Falling.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Tom and Rick doing double duty. Uh, two bands. One day you could do it. Yeah, I don't mess around with that traffic. That traffic was nuts. The Rod show, uh, uh, coming out from Long Island to get into the city. We barely made it in time to play our set. We like just just all yeah. barely made got it together. Yeah, right.
1: yeah, getting out to Brooklyn was uh, it was tough. It, 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 it's for me. It's like it's the longest ten miles that anyone can drive. Probably, and I would say anywhere in the United States, probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was a lot. It was a crawl. Shout out to Adam Rotella. Adam came out to that show. Um, yeah,
1: shout out Adam. I definitely have to get uh, exanguinated tape in your hands. So
0: yeah, yeah, I owe him a few tapes too, man. Um, that's the only currency Adam accepts is cassette tape. Um, big shout out to him, and um, shout out also to uh, we should say Ritual Mass and uh, is Vamatar Steel and Bone Productions. What's that? Oh,
1: and Vamatar. Yes. Yeah. I, I was okay. saying Steel and Bone. Uh, vicky and phil for putting the show together
0: absolutely yeah good to see vicky pop up there uh, in in new york um uh shout shout to her shout to everybody he was at
1: all the same shows i was at Trevor, eternal <laughs> champion and corn
0: <laughs> i love it oh man i gotta uh i gotta get back out there on the streets there's a lot of metal going on in long island it's right out there in your face like i was telling you. October 18th, Judas Priest and Queensryche are going down. And I, I think the next day, Iron Maiden is doing Belmont Arena, um, as are the Scorpions next week. Man, it's going crazy here on Long Island. What? So we we, we dropped them with the, the, the matinee, the doubleheader, Long Island to Brooklyn rally that um, we're doing. You can get your double dose of Rick and Tom. What else is going on? I mean, you're in like 18 bands yourself, drummer, drummer on the run. Uh, what what shows are you playing coming up? And then maybe we'll get into some other stuff.
1: Uh, so the following weekend, uh, NYC Shootouts getting out to the Mid-Atlantic region. We're hitting the Pharmacy in uh, Philadelphia on September 9th. And then the Shamrock Inn in Baltimore, Maryland with our friends in uh, Don't Start None and Fool's Game and uh, Physical Altercation Baltimore, Maryland. And, uh, I, I, I should say that Philadelphia shows with ten slugs and cycle of abuse and Scrutinize and harmacist. So a, a bunch of uh homies in the uh, you know more hardcore beatdown scene. Uh, a, a lot of those bands I uh, you know I, I I like seeing them. I like hanging out with them.
0: Did you say harmacist?
1: Harmacist. That yeah. That that's the first band.
0: Like and f- and to
1: be to be fair that that's the one I'm actually not familiar with on that line.
0: Is, is that like Pharmacist, but it's Harm? Harm assist?
1: Uh, After saying it out loud, I think it might be that. But it's uh, it, a... it, it just spelled straight up like Harm, space, assist.
0: Okay. So. I, I don't know, man. Shout out to those guys. It's, it's a good name. Um, yeah. Moving on, we got Long Island Death Metal Takeover going down in September. Um,
1: Actually, real quick before that, not to cut you off, okay, but on, okay. on September 12th, Okay. Which would be uh, two days after the NYC shootout, Baltimore gig, and one day after the Pearl Jam uh, Madison Square Garden gig. We have uh, <laughs> the Blame God World Peace split release show at Saint Vitus. Sweet, what's that? And that's f- uh, backslider kidnapped and sinister feeling on okay. that. So it's it's a it's a you know hardcore power violence East Coast power violence gig through and through with. Uh, our, our west coast uh friends world peace coming in for that
0: what was the date
1: that is september 12th okay. at the St. vitus bar all right Monday night.
0: gotcha what's next
1: uh and then i i think we got uh, th- that's probably at our weekend the the next weekend right
0: that's right because it's the 16th uh we're going down to pennsylvania Right? Yeah, Wilkes
1: barre Yeah, we got Curry Donuts with the Virgos, Northeast PA's heaviest band. Uh shout out Saba and Eli. The, the, those are my boys from, from the Virgos. E- Eli used to play in Night Fear and uh Saba's played in Bad Seed, Nails, like just about like every hardcore band from like the early 2010s.
0: Okay, if we're talking heaviest band like pound for pound, if I eat a couple more of them donuts down at the donut shop, I we might be a contender. We'll we'll talk later with well, those guys. I I
1: think you you would have to move in with Rick over there in uh <laughs> northeast Pennsylvania and yeah. and and then we we definitely be in the the contention for that.
0: Me and Adam and Rick and I are just going to start like a triple tag team uh type of type of situation, man. Um uh, yeah, that's right. And and then the next day, uh, that's D.C. going down to the Capitol. Um, yeah,
1: for for the Path to War uh, Chaos Eternal release show, that, that EP they just put out.
0: And, and we, we should say when we say we were talking about not only Exsanguinated, but we're talking about Stabbed uh, and, and Bowel Erosion. And bowel erosion. Uh, next day, um, going back up to New Jersey, uh, that's the one with Thetis, right, and Vulnificus. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, closing out the weekend on Sunday at Jimmy's Bar and Lounge in Kearney, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, with with Thedas and Volnificus, with uh, our trio of bands kind of sandwiched right in the middle.
0: It's going to be great to play with Thedas and Volnificus, both bands, uh, former guests of the show. You can go back and check out our interview with Esten Brown, and he'll talk about Volnificus uh, several months ago. And um, big shout out to Terrell and all the guys in Thetis. We've had, uh, had some of them on over the years a few times, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, great to come home. Home, well, New Jersey is like our home away from home a lot of the time here. Especially, I feel like the, like Long Island. There's something special about playing New Jersey shows. It kind of there's a there's a similar vibe.
1: It, 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 it's kindred. I would say. I would say like yeah. Long Island and then Hudson Valley and Jersey. It's like all branches on the the trunk that is New York City. Does yeah that makes sense
0: yeah oh there's something in the water there's a similar um foulment in all of our waters coming from the absolutely news. allegedly allegedly um uh that's <laughs> right so that'll wrap up that weekend uh then after that would do you have something else going on
1: oh uh, yeah the, the following weekend or it might be two weeks after i on my math is a little off but uh September 24th, if you're in the uh, Daytona Beach, Florida area, okay. Stab is going to be coming down there with Weeping. And uh, we're going to be linking up at the Night Shift Party Weekend. Shout out Night Shift merch and Kareem for putting us on. Uh, we got Integrity, Bloodlet, Three Knee Deep, like he- headlining. And then uh, we got Heaven's Gate, uh, which uh, is a new band band featuring uh, Paul Mazurkowitz of Cannibal Corpse. And uh, I I believe Tony from Municipal Waste. And uh, it's a hardcore punk band. I'm not sure if this is their first show, but it's definitely one of their first shows.
0: That's interesting. Okay. That's a crazy lineup before you even said that.
1: Yeah. And then you got Stabbed, Weeping, and then uh, Domain and Jester, who are uh, both uh, Florida hardcore bands like new new and up and coming.
0: Okay, man. All right. Interesting. Um, that is a big fucking show, man. Wow. Integrity and bloodlet right off the jump.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a really sick lineup to be a part of. Uh, I love Florida. I love going to Florida. Uh, I, I will take about any excuse to go there. And this is probably the, the best one I can think of to play with integrity and bloodlet. Yeah. And and all these other awesome bands.
0: Shout out to Warflurch. Warflurge Florida band. Um, uh, well, okay. Anything else to promote then? Anything else going on? Uh,
1: I, I I'm not really nothing for October is coming to mind. Gig wise, uh, I I could tell you for the wrestling fans out there. Okay, well that's uh, that's on what, on what Island I was going.
0: to... Yeah, that's what I was going uh, to get
1: to. I, I I'm not sure of the venue yet, but uh, remarkable wrestling the the promotion that uh i one of the promotions i wrestled for they are going to be running a uh halloween themed show on uh october 29th uh nice most likely in suffolk county new york so if if you're in the area definitely keep a lookout for that it's uh if you just look up remarkable wrestling on like social media anywhere you you should find it uh uh it's that's that's my trainer kono he uh he, he's been running these shows since earlier this year. I, I want to say we're on like the sixth or seventh show coming up. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you're a wrestling fan, check out uh, IWTV. That's where all, all our past shows are streaming on. If you want to check that out. And, uh, yeah, I guess there's one more big gig that comes to mind is uh, September 3rd at St. Vitus. Valorosian is uh, opening for Mortician.
0: That's crazy, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's actually um, to give you. There's two shows that uh, Adam calls his bucket list shows that he's very happy he, he'll be attend or he, you know, he'll be trying to cross off this year. One was Rotravore, and now he wants to go to that Mortician show. Um, so shout to shout to Adam, man. So yeah, that's this is like off the Richter scale <clears throat> how brutal death metal has come back now. That's uh, that's also uh, Miasmatic Necrosis on that, right?
1: Yes, and Bogbody, who I, uh, I I'm now a fan of after checking them out, seeing them on the uh, on the flyer. I, I'd seen the name around. I think I had even shared a practice base with them huh. allegedly at one point. But uh, it's very cool, primitive bass and drum only black metal.
0: Okay, interesting. Anybody we know in that band?
1: Uh, I I'm not sure on the the personnel i i never met them i i just heard that uh a- allegedly they had been in the same room as me for uh uh this slam band <laughs> i'm working with called total invasion shout out those
0: guys Interesting. But, like uh, like they might have been in the same room like the, like ghosts yeah yeah
1: like it could have been while we were in there It could have not been it's like yeah. who knows <laughs> i think i think ghosts exist in the fourth dimension
0: that's We'll we'll save that for the lyrics, all right? For um for our exsanguinated lyrics, because we are working on some new material behind the scenes, uh, for the listeners. Besides that, all right. So we did the wrestling, we did the shows. There was uh, something else, Sam. You you were telling me some stories. Let me get into this. I wasn't able to attend. You went to the Psycho Las Vegas Fest this year. I did. What I mean, that must have. I I don't want to spill any beans, get your business out there, but. Did you have a good time?
1: I, I had a great time. So, uh, what, what what ended up happening was, uh, well, first of all, I mean, I Psycho Las Vegas is not really a fest that had like been on my radar, like the same way like a Maryland Death Fest uh, would have. Uh, you know, like I I think that, that festival kind of is rooted more in like the stoner metal realm, or maybe it was when it first started. So it was like. My, my attention wasn't always really on it but uh, like, like in the past couple years I'd like started to you know just hearing people talking about going and whatnot and uh, the the only reason I ended up going I mean besides the fact that uh, I definitely feel the need at this point that if Emperor of fate announce a gig in the United States that I have to be in attendance and uh, on some allegedly uh, mind-altering substances uh <laughs> my uh my, my my friends in uh sang invited me to come stay in their room and you know comp me my tickets and room so it, it was a very easy decision for me to go see two of my favorite bands of all time play their first uh shows in north america in a very long time
0: Wow, man. That's amazing. Uh shout out to those guys at Sangusugabog. And well, off the rip then, let's talk a little bit about Merciful Fate. Here's another one. I'm going to throw another conspiracy theory just like I did off the rip of Corn. Was it really King Diamond?
1: Uh I think it was. Okay. I okay. I had seen King Diamond, you know, in the past uh couple years. I've seen him. It, it seemed like the same guy that I saw with slayer at jones beach in 2015 okay. uh, i i do really think it was him i i don't know if there's anyone else that would be able to like i don't think they'd be able to find a stand-in that could hit hit those
2: uh <laughs> you know well, not,
1: not high falsettos i just don't think it's possible and and that, that's also coming off seeing uh i'm not going to name names but I, I i did see people at that festival play you know lip sync to a backing track so I, I think you know the the difference is very obvious when someone is actually singing
0: versus when they're not you, you know i gotta say i saw frankie valley a few years ago and i saw tony bennett a few years ago and frankie valley had so many he had, he had, uh, effects on his voice you could definitely tell man tony bennett was he was he was off the rip he was he, he still had it. um All right, I don't want to imply anything, man, about King Diamond, man. I was joking more. But um, what about uh, Emperor? How was that experience?
1: Emperor was sick. It was so awesome that they played, you know, mostly stuff off off the first two. I think they might have done Curse You All Men, which is the first track on their third record. But I, I like that song, too. It was basically... Everything I, I could have asked for, besides the the armor that they used to wear, <laughs> you huh. know, uh, on their earlier run. That that if, if they came out in uh you know in some chainmail like uh, Jason from Eternal Champion did, I think that that would be the only thing that put it over the top. But uh, I I uh, let's just say I, I engaged in some uh, mind altering substances before mayhem and then emperor played right after mayhem so it was a just a very cool uh you know little rock block there of uh you know second wave norwegian black metal that that i got to experience
0: all right wow um uh, that sounds crazy man may i gotta i gotta get to one of those one day now yeah
1: and I, I, not to cut you off, but I, I had seen Mayhem like a handful of times. And I, I was definitely not as excited for Mayhem as I was for Emperor. But I was also very surprised at how much I was into Mayhem. Maybe I shouldn't have been given what I was engaging in earlier on that day. But, uh, yeah, they they, uh, <laughs> they they did a little costume switch at the very end. They came out, they played, you know, they, they were doing like robes. And like Attila was in his, uh, you know, regal medieval... Uh, Garb and whatnot, and then they, they, they went off stage, came back on. Uh, no robes, just you know, blood and tattered clothes. Necro Butcher was on stage playing bass. they did Death Crush, it, it, it was awesome. And then, yeah, that, that kind of set the stage for Emperor to do their thing after that.
0: Wow, all right. And then, the, what Merciful Fate did after that, yeah.
1: So, uh, Emperor was. Friday, which was the first day okay. that that I was at the fest, and then Merciful Fate was Sunday, so that they were kind of like they weren't like the last band, but they were like they like I, I think Rotting Christ and Rayquan played after uh, Merciful Fate, but it was at at Rotting the
0: pool Christ. stage. Rotting Christ and Rayquan. Yes.
1: <laughs> I've never felt more like I was inside a simulation than when I, I saw Merciful Fate and then went to a pool to watch Raekwon and Jizza perform Wu-Tang songs.
0: Wow. All right, man. I got to get out to some of these fests uh, someday, man. Um, I got to leave the farm. It's a trip for sure. Got to leave the farm. Um, Well, Sam, I I really appreciate you uh, stepping aboard tonight, um, keeping me company and filling us in. A man out in the streets, uh, getting all the shows, letting us know what's coming up. We hope that you uh, jotted down some of these dates and can attend some of these concerts that we talked about coming up. Um, and if you got your own concert experience, of course, we urge you, the listener, to call a voicemail. The number should be right there, wherever you listen to the podcast, um, and on our website and online. Leave your voicemail about your favorite show or a show coming up you'd like us to promote. Uh, You can also go to uh, Patreon. You can go to all the social medias. Heavy Holes there. Shout out to Tom and Justin working very hard behind the scenes, as always, for us. Uh, And shout out to our extended uh, network of Heavy Hole uh, team correspondents. Um, uh, Shout out to Rick and uh, Dave Gladding and everybody else out there um and also of course shout out to war Flirts. we hope you check out all the music we discussed in this episode thank you to them for their time and uh i think that should uh do it man um real quick i,
1: I just want to give a special shout out to justin for coming to see stabbed and all-out war on uh the, the the monday which actually happened to be the day right after psycho las vegas stabbed jab ringworm and all-out war was at uh amh and uh my uh, my, uh my other weightlifting bandmate mark and i were traveling back and we we, we had some uh traveling difficulties let's say that uh <laughs> that we were very close to not being able to play the show and then uh we we still managed to uh squeak out a stab set at the very end there
0: wow but, uh, so- shout
1: out to justin for coming
0: so you and mark went to psycho las vegas flew home and played a double set with All out War.
1: Uh, he actually, I played it. We both played a single set, uh, full disclosure, Mark is a member of jab, but he did not, he was not able to play the jab set. We had to like kind of switch the order of the bands around. So, so jab had to play without him and then stabbed had to play after all out war, which is, uh, wow, a very difficult thing to do. And I think anyone that's seen all out war play would, uh probably have to agree with that
0: why because you guys were getting back so late from the airport
1: yeah our, our flight got delayed four hours we had we had a, a little layover in uh detroit which ended up being uh you know a four and a half hour layover <laughs>
0: you guys are nuts
1: so,
0: jesus man you guys are nuts man you just made, that alone just makes this uh upcoming tomorrow september 3rd matinee at 1 p.m and then the uh gray skies fallen show at st vitus later on Look easy. Um, hopefully the traffic's easy for us. Uh Wow. Nuts, man. Uh big shout out to Justin. It's also nuts that we had a Justin sighting. Uh we always talk about it and joke about it on the show, but that's like a real life. I saw Justin in the wild, I, I, in the I wild lived it. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he in the pit? What was he smoking cigarettes outside? Was he actually in the show?
1: Uh I I, I saw him at, at the bar area. That that that's where I first mm-hmm. spotted him. He was definitely yes. smoking some cigarettes outside. Natural, uh, with, natural, uh natural
0: natural habitat.
1: Yeah, net natural habitat. Uh, he he did he he actually. It's funny because he came and he was like, "Oh, like I'm oh, sorry, I miss you guys." And I was like, "I got some, uh, I guess, good news for you. Uh, we're playing last." <laughs> so he was like, "Oh, nice! I n- I never got to see you before." So,
0: wow. Yeah, that, I, I
1: guess uh, all things happen for a reason because uh, now Justin was able to see stabs.
0: The stars aligned. And not only did we get our first real life Justin sighting, where's Justin? He's at the All Out War show. It was it was a nice thing. He was at the All Out War show at the bar and and smoking bogues and and then going in to see us, us stabbed. So maybe if even if you played that show just for Justin, it was special enough just for that one.